Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. And if you want to hear more than just this highlight from the show, become a Coast Insider and you can listen to the complete program, plus recent episodes about out-of-body experiences, the scientific search for extraterrestrial life, and biblical prophecies, which may have foretold our current state of global turmoil. So head on over to coasttocoastam.com and sign up for Coast Insider to catch up on what you may have missed from coast to coast. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Leslie McGuirk back with us, professional astrologer, more than 30 years of experience in that business. Leslie's passion is to instruct people about the evolution of astrology and its place in history. She can explain everything in nature has a pattern like a tree trunk or a snowflake. And we have a pattern as people as well with an astrological chart. Leslie brings astrology to life so that you can use it and help better understand your place in the world. Leslie, welcome back. How was your Thanksgiving? It was great. It's nice to be back talking about my favorite topic. (laughs) I know it. By the way, more than 30 years experience? What did you do, start when you were eight? (laughs) Pretty much. Well, at 19, (laughs) my mom sent me to an astrologer, and she changed my life. And I was totally redirected, and I became obsessed. I said, how the heck... Did she do that? And she knew who I was at a soul level and was studying for many, many years and had no idea I would ever become a professional astrologer. I was writing and illustrating children's picture books, but the higher version of my chart is to be an astrologer and to teach people and help people. So I'm actually growing into the highest version of what I can possibly be by being an astrologer. And you love it, too, I can tell. You just enjoy doing oh what gosh. you're doing. I talk about it for hours, yes. You know, years ago, when uh, there were newspapers, you know, they used to have, you know, horoscopes and astrological charts and things like that, and everybody would go to those things first, Leslie. You remember that? Yeah, they still have them in the back of magazines, and that's not what astrology is, and people don't really understand it. Um, I don't think Nancy Reagan particularly helped either using it the way that she used it. Right. Um, well, it's really impossible to look up just your sun sign, which everyone knows what their sun sign is, but it's much more complicated than that. And if we look at astrology as similar to being like an owner's manual that you have, just like you have one in your glove compartment, that owner's manual cannot predict the future. It just tells you the way that you're designed and how you're wired. But if you have the chart of a Ferrari, an astrologer can predict, wow, you're designed to go 150 miles an hour, so if you don't do that, you're going to be frustrated. So there's a a little bit of fortune-telling involved. I suppose you could use that word, but not any more than if a car mechanic was looking at a Volvo or a Toyota. They kind of can tell how you're designed and what you're supposed to be doing and where you would get into trouble if you didn't do what the car was designed for. There seems to be incredible interest in astrology. I mean, I'm noticing it more and more uh, where websites are picking up on astrological pieces of information. Uh, It just seems to be all over the place. Is, Is that my imagination or is that happening? No, it's absolutely true, and especially with millennials. And I think the reason for it, George, is because our world has gotten very chaotic. Things are not making sense. I think a lot of people are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. All you have to do is turn on the news and you have a level of anxiety. So if you can find something that explains the way that this universe works, it's very calming. And I think astrology is one of the most compassionate 
kind, loving things we have on this planet when used correctly, because if you can make sense of things, it's easier to be at peace with what is. We're talking about your book tonight, The Power of Mercury, about the planet. Now, I want you to explain for us, Leslie, what exactly is mercury retrograde anyways, and why does that seem to be so important to astrology? Mercury retrograde is when it appears as if the planet Mercury is going backwards in the sky. It really is not. It's an optical illusion. Ah, it's like looking at a spinning tire on the road and it looks like it's going backwards. Exactly. That's what it is. Now, because Mercury rules communication in the language of astrology, people have jumped to the giant conclusion that during Mercury retrograde, that rock floating in space, which is what the planet Mercury is, has some negative, horrible effect on all of us here having to do with communication. Now, it is true that during Mercury retrograde, things can be a little wonky, but the problem is that a lot of people were born during Mercury retrograde periods. They happen about three times a year. So about 20% of the population was actually born during Mercury retrograde. And the reason I wrote the book is because I'm one of those people. So for me, when Mercury goes retrograde, it's actually my good time. And when it goes direct, I feel the way everyone else does when it's retrograde. So if I lived my life the way everyone does during Mercury retrograde, freaking out, not signing contracts, not traveling, not wanting to do anything big, I would be paralyzed for most of the year. So I've come to the conclusion that we need to relook at Mercury retrograde. First of all, you need to find out whether or not you were born during Mercury retrograde, and I have that in my book, people can look up their um, birth information really easily and see if they're part of that 20%. But for everybody else who was born when Mercury was going direct, meaning appearing as if it was still moving forward, you want to use the Mercury retrograde time as looking again as if you're a car. Is it a bad thing for your car to go into reverse? No. You would never be able to get out of your garage if you couldn't go into reverse. So during Mercury retrograde, we need to think of it as a really incredibly fortunate time when we get to do all the words that begin with an R-E. So retreat, Hmm. relax, review, revise, reorganize. If we didn't have these Mercury retrograde periods, we would be going so fast all the time. And going fast all the time is actually a symptom of immobility because it means you don't notice anything that's going slower than you. So during Mercury retrograde, I think it's like you can take a breather, you can relax a bit, another RE word. So I think that we need to reconfigure in our brains the way we look at it. People don't like change. People don't like it when things aren't going the way they want them to. But I think that we can't expect everything to always be on the up and up all the time. And these are times to also put down your cell phone, write a snail mail letter, break your patterns, just stop doing everything full throttle, full speed ahead. Can you predict when Mercury will be retrograde? Yes, it's um, certain times of the year. It's going on right now, and it happens, like I said, for about three weeks, a couple times a year, and you can easily find it in my book or online. There are dates are out there all, all over the place. Is, is it, Leslie, an astronomical situation or an astrological situation with Mercury when it goes into retrograde? It's, well, it's probably both. I mean, the two are connected. Astronomy and astrology are definitely connected. Astronomy is the study of the stars from a scientific 
viewpoint, astrology is the more esoteric science, just as there's alchemy and then there's chemistry. And I think what's happening is that pure science is really useful and fantastic. And then there are these esoteric versions of the sciences, which are getting a lot more play these days. And recently, uh, I was teaching at Rancho La Puerta Spa in Mexico, where I teach a couple times a year. And at dinner, I was sitting next to this professor from Germany, and he said he was a physicist, and I thought, oh my gosh, he's going to ask me what I do for a living. And when he hears I'm an astrologer, he's going to poo-poo it. And I told him what I did for a living, because when he did ask me that, and he said, oh, that's fantastic. And I was so shocked, and he said, I thought astrology was total hogwash. He said, I wanted nothing to do with it. And then he went to an astrologer, and he had the same experience that I had at age 19, and he said, there is something to this. And he actually has now devoted his entire life to understanding these more esoteric sciences. And he said to me that one day, Leslie, scientists are going to be coming to you begging you to explain what it is that you know. And rather than, I've always wanted a scientist to prove what I do because I feel like I'm about 95% accurate. There's no way I could be doing this if it wasn't some kind of science involved. So as you said in the introduction, I look at people as part of a human design, and we have a pattern, and the pattern is similar to music. And music can't be seen. You, you, how do you know that that's real? Mm-hmm. Astrology is much the same way. You feel it. You have a way to interpret the notes in the music. Same thing with astrology. We're just looking at your pattern and then an astrologer will interpret it. So that's why you have to be careful who you go to as an astrologer, because I've been doing this for over 30 years, so I, I get it. I vibrationally understand what these different sacred geometry placements all mean. But it's a complex thing to learn, um, but it's incredibly useful. And so this scientist was putting it into the right perspective, as we go forward, and I think that's, again, getting back to your original question about why it's become so popular. I think the younger generation is much more open to understanding vibrational medicine and things that are larger than what science can explain. How could one planet like Mercury have such influence on our lives? Well, I don't really believe that it has an influence, but well, it doesn't really control us. It has an influence. That's the best way to say it. So here's how it works, George. Think about the moon. That is just a rock in space, just like Mercury is a rock in space. But that moon, scientifically, it has been proven, because we all know it, it regulates every body of water on planet Earth. So the tides go up and down according to the phases of the moon. We are 90% water. You can ask any teacher, any person who works in a hospital or police station, are things more heightened during a full moon? Everyone will raise their hand and say yes. No question. I had interviewed once some EMT uh, people in ambulances, and they said during a full moon they got more calls for problems than ever. Right, and some people don't sleep during full moons. My animals act differently during a full moon. So that planet, that not, it's not a planet, but that moon is affecting us here on Earth. It's an influence. So Mercury, you just extrapolate that same theory out to all the different planets, and that's how astrology works. Now, in The Economist magazine, there was an article two years ago about science 
figuring out that the planet Jupiter gives off vibrational energy that can be measured on planet Earth. This article had nothing to do with astrology, but it actually was proving the very thing that I'm saying about the moon. There is an influence. There's something that's going on in this cosmic soup up there. Because think about it, these planets, they're all rotating. Everything in nature that rotates gives off gives off energy, just like when you put a pebble in a stream, there are these waves that come off of things, like a torsion field. So an astrologer is looking at a map of what was above your head when you were born, and we're looking at where are these planets in relationship to each other and you on the Earth. The natal chart never changes, but your job is to outgrow it. You're supposed to learn your piece of music and then once you learn it, guess what? You don't even have to look at it. You can just play it by heart. You can just do the highest version of you. And that's what I love about looking at astrology the way that I look at it. You have complete free will over what you're going to do with the vehicle that you were given. And my job as an astrologer is to find out how can you best be in a place of flow and just how can you make your life easy. And we all were designed for something, and when we fight our human design, that's when we get into trouble. So I like to look at people also as if they're animals. Like if you have a chart of a giraffe, and you are born into a family of little mice, and the mice are constantly yelling at you because of your big neck, I mean, it doesn't really help. You need to accept and understand with loving compassion the way we are all different, and we're all wired in a very specific way. So it brings a humongous amount of peace to know, wow, this makes total, total sense. Now I get it. My mother has this energy to her, and that's why she behaved the way she did. It really didn't have that much to do with me. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.